0: What's up family you are tuned into law and disorder a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system agitate for resistance and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive from kpfa radio and the pacifica network i'm your host kat brooks in 2022 united states police murdered 1096 people by the end of january of this year law enforcement has murdered 79 folks and we don't even know most of their names. There were no marches, rallies, rebellions, or hashtags for them. Most of their families grieved in silence and solitude. It is critical to understand that police murders are just the tip of an egregious iceberg of transgressions against our people. Law enforcement serves as a militarized, occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They racially profile, sexually assault, and wrongfully incarcerate our folks. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So, every week on Law disorder we kick off our thursday with a roundup of news related to state violence we hope this segment serves to expose agitate and build this is the state terror roundup for the week of march 13th 2023 Political prisoner Rochelle McGee turns 84 on March 17th. He has been in prison for upwards of 60 years. Ongoing efforts are underway to advocate for his release. You can learn more about the campaign to free Rochelle McGee at freerochellemcgee.org. Detainees in a Georgia jail say their lives are at stake and the outcome of a sheriff's election, which is just over a week away, can literally mean life or death for them. People detained at Georgia's Clayton County Jail say they are made to live in squalor and deny the most basic necessities under the facility's current leadership. The appeal gathered testimony from six detainees inside the jail and learned that dozens of men share a few working toilets. The showers are cold. Men say they receive a cleaned-up suit only about once a month even after some battle, a bed bug infestation. The jail is crowded and understaffed. Detainees are forced to sleep on the floor. When women arrive at the jail, they are strip searched and their bras and underwear are confiscated. If they want undergarments, they have to buy them from the commissary. Women's underwear costs just over $3 and a bra costs nearly $9. Women who are menstruating and cannot afford makes me so mad. Women who are menstruating and cannot afford underwear have had sanitary napkins fall out of their pants or have bled through their uniforms. In addition to the dire living conditions, detainees say they're not provided any programming, recreation time or entertainment like board games, radio or television. One detainee said we take bread and make chess pieces out of it. There's nothing to do in here. Last year, former Sheriff Victor Hill was convicted of violating the constitutional rights of detainees, including a high school student with mental illness, when he ordered his employees to strap them in restraint chairs for hours at a time. His sentencing hearing is scheduled to take place next week. His godson, Levon Allen, was sworn in as interim sheriff in December and is running against four challenges to serve a full term. Keep the torture in the family, I guess. Source Elizabeth Wild Greenberg for The Appeal. Nearly two years after a Kansas City police officer shot and killed Malcolm Johnson, excuse me, after they murdered Malcolm Johnson during an altercation at a gas station, prosecutors announced that no charges will be filed in the case. The shooting of Johnson, who was black, has been criticized by community leaders who have for years raised concerns about the murders of black men by the Kansas City Police Department. In Johnson's case, local leaders pointed to discrepancies between the police department's initial account of events and videos from the scene obtained days after the March 25th, 2021 murder. Experts who reviewed the video also said the two officers who initially confronted Johnson in the gas station did not give Johnson a chance to surrender and put bystanders at risk. The prosecutor said had the audacity to say, quote, we regret the loss of Mr. Johnson's life as well as the injury to the police officer who was also shot in the incident. And regardless of the legal conclusions, any loss of life and injury to an officer is tragic. Unbelievable, typical, but unbelievable. Local activist Cheryl Ferguson with Time for Justice said, quote, to think you could be faced down with five officers on top of you and be executed with two gunshot wounds to the head and not face charges is unimaginable. Only in Kansas City. Yes, Cheryl, it is unimaginable, unfortunately, not only in Kansas City, but in every city across this whole country. Turns out that law enforcement can, however, arrest people who they know to be violent and dangerous without killing them, even when that someone has killed. That's right, you heard me. Even when that person kills, and not just kills anyone, but kills a cop. On Sunday, Kenneth Lee Simpson, 35 of Eureka, was approached by police who had sought him out for arrest for multiple warrants, and when they found found him, Simpson shot at them, killing one officer, wounding the other, and fled. The cops found him at the home of two women, waited for hours, used flashbangs, tear gas, a robot, and a drone, and then were finally able to arrest him and take him to jail alive. Simpson has has a long and violent record, and in cop talk, he was, quote, armed and dangerous, end quote. Guess what else he is, y'all? White. A bill to eliminate life in prison without the possibility of parole for juvenile sentences as adults passed the House of the New Mexico Legislature in the early hours of Sunday morning. The bill would if enacted retroactively impact 70 adults out of a prison population of about 7,000 folks. And in the possibility of a child sentence as an adult being given a sentence of life without the chance of parole, it will not automatically grant parole the bill creates a tiered system so that 14 to 17 year old sentences as adults will be eligible for parole in 15 years I had to read that with a straight face 20 years or 25 years depending on the severity of the crime the crime that a child committed for incarcerated individuals who commit first-degree murder other than a felony murder parole eligibility comes at 20 years for incarcerated individuals with two or more convictions parole eligibility is set at 25 years source Susan Dunlap the political report Incarcerated people across the United States could find their commissary funds depleted by a new proposed policy from the Bureau of Prisons to automatically deduct three-quarters of all funds prisoners receive from loved ones on the outside. The Bureau of Prisons has justified the proposed change by appealing to personal responsibility, claiming that the deductions will go towards covering incarcerated folks' financial obligations such as child support and court fees. How much you want to bet that that's not where the money will go? Who would track that? anyway and how can they justify stealing money sent to an incarcerated loved one And using it as they see fit. That's absurd. And it will just cause folks to stop sending money, leaving incarcerated people in more dire conditions than they already are. Source Mansa Musa rattling the cage. On February 3rd, 2015, 37 year old Natasha McKenna was murdered inside the Fairfax County Jail in Virginia. She weighed just over 100 pounds and lived with schizophrenia. She was tased four times and died as a result of the torturous violence she endured. The first thing she said when six men in hazmat suits, arrived at herself for an extraction was you promised you wouldn't kill me they broke that promise i tell the story of natasha in my one woman show tasha which is closing this weekend with shows thursday through saturday closing night will be followed by a talk back with me dr ayodele word slanga in zynga and the brilliant actress junae simon the show is running at z below as part of three girls theater's new works festival See you there. You can learn more and cop pay what you can tickets, y'all, by visiting 3girlstheater.org. This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of March 13, 2023. State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown an Oakland musician, singer, and songwriter who's been a force in the Bay Area's hip-hop and soul scene since the early 1990s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com. And her website and socials are linked from our site at kpfa.org. Massive shout-out to my producer, Jesse Strauss, for helping me curate the content for this segment. You've been listening to Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law & Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask in the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at Disorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area.